Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. sad yeah this dance is called the dark night of the soul and it was choreographed by my friend Alyssa Schroth who um, helps to run Ecclesia dance company you may have seen her performance of a hobbit that she does every year which is really beautiful it's the life of Jesus through dance um, but this particular dance is is about someone who's wrestling with PTSD and someone who is um, has had trauma in their life, has been um, dealing with this. And as you can tell in this, in this dance, this, this girl in gray especially, she's kind of out of sync. She's trying to, to, uh, to remember, to, to find her way, to not be isolated, to help understand and make sense of what's happening to her, and she's struggling to do so. And so maybe you could relate to this, especially now knowing what this dance is about and, and how it relates even to Linda Reed's beautiful reading of Psalm 42, this idea that, that sometimes we're in these seasons where we don't understand what's happening to us and we cry out to God. And as the psalm said, we feel like, like our tears are our food, that, that our bones are crushed, that we don't understand where God is. Maybe you could see yourself in that dance a little bit. Or maybe you look at that and you see someone else that you know. Maybe someone struggling with, with mental health or depression or anxiety or isolation or loneliness or, or chronic illness. And you could see them in that and you could see their pain and it makes you ache because you want to be there and help them and you don't know how. And then for others of you, maybe you sat there for seven minutes and you thought, this is the most uncomfortable seven minutes of my life. Why am I watching a dance? I don't understand what's happening. And if that was you, if you felt uncomfortable, that's okay too. And in fact, it's a little bit of where I want us to be today in this idea of discomfort and, and what is not always comfortable. Because sometimes there's things in our life that simply aren't comfortable, that don't seem to fit or make sense. In fact, if I'm quoting Brene Brown from her book, Daring Greatly, um, she, she talks about how we have this box of things that don't make sense and things that can't be perfected. And she says, we don't know what to do with this box, and so we throw everything in there, and then we label it art. Because, okay, if we don't know what to do, we'll just call it art. And I think sometimes that's what dance and music and art allows us to do. It allows us to express things that we otherwise could not to um, experience or see how other people are feeling in a way that words don't express but the truth is, I want us to all think about our box, because I think, I think that we all have a box with us that we're carrying around, whether we realize it or not, and it's a box that we are trying really hard to make our life fit inside. We are trying really hard to make everything kind of fit and work inside our box. And here, for me, you can see my box actually has beautiful grids. And we want to believe, especially when things are going well in our life, that everything can more or less fit in this box. Okay, we've got, we've got our, our routine, we've got our job, we've got our relationships, and, and okay, most of the time we can kind of find a place for everything, and it makes a little bit of sense. But you know what happens when we enter in the wilderness seasons, which we've been talking about, 
for the last several weeks. When we enter in the wilderness season, it is a place where we are not able to pretend very well, are we? And suddenly in the wilderness, it feels finally we're, we're, we stop pretending to ourselves and we realize we can't actually make everything fit in this box. There are some things we just can't explain, whether it's the mental illness, the mental challenges that we face, whether it's, it's the chronic illness or the depression or the loss or, or the other things that we may walk through. We all have this box. And you know what happens? We often think that the not knowing in the wilderness is a curse. We think that the not knowing in the wilderness is a curse. But in reality, I would suggest that the not knowing in the wilderness is one of the greatest gifts we could have because it points out a lie that we are believing. You see, in the wilderness, we believe that we have to be bigger than the wilderness in order to survive, that we have to have all the answers, that we somehow have to be able to fit everything in our box in order to survive, and I do not believe that is God's plan for us. And so, in the wilderness, we are confronted with those questions that cause doubts, those places of what I call cognitive dissonance, where we're like, I, I thought things were supposed to go this way, but my reality is telling me something different. And maybe in, the, in that place, you find yourself asking questions like, I thought if I just had enough faith, I wouldn't struggle with anxiety. And if God is good, why is my friend suffering? You know, people prayed so hard for my depression to leave. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Or how can I believe in God if I can't see him, if I can't feel him? What are some of the things in your box? My box definitely has some things in it that I cannot explain. And you know, when I was a kid, I feel like I had a pretty good childhood. But for me, I think one of the first big things that didn't fit in my box was when I was 22 and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And I know I've talked about that here. Um, but I just had my first baby and I was not prepared for something like that. And you know, it's not like, you know, normally you get sick and you get better and things are fine. But I knew in that moment that I was going to be with this for the rest of my life. And if you have anything chronic, you know what that's like, whether it's chronic depression or chronic illness. And there was something that was very difficult for me with God to say, God, why is this happening? And then I would compare myself. I'd look at other people who had, who had diseases or had problems and they prayed and, and God healed them. And it was wonderful and it was exciting, but then I would look and say, God, how come this is still here for me? And I couldn't make it fit in my box. Some seasons of my life, I've had a harder time fitting things in my box. I remember a season of waiting. Um, when, at one point, we were trying to, we had two kids, we were trying to foster and adopt a third. And I knew that God wanted us to do this. I knew he'd called us to it, but it was taking forever. It took us six months at least to be placed with our, our now son, and I remember crying out to God in that time and being like, I don't understand. If you wanted me to do this, why aren't you letting it happen? And it didn't fit in my box. And there's other things, you know, there's, there's things like, like when people die, especially die too young, and we think, I don't understand God. There's, there's especially right now, I look around at, you know, we look on Facebook or sometimes even within our own family at people who, who love us but believe very differently. Or even, you know, we look in the church and we see people who love God but seem to have different, different thoughts, different beliefs than we do about how God works. And we think, I don't understand. Why, why doesn't it all work together? Why doesn't everyone just think the same thing? You know? And then there's, like, the big issues, like, why can my husband not figure out how my system of washing the dishes works? You know? 
he, he has a weird way of washing, I don't know. It's, I can't even explain it. I don't get it. It doesn't fit in my box, right? Or as a parent, guys, this week especially has been another one of those, like, just brutal weeks where I'm reminded I don't have all the answers. And sometimes I feel like, you know, we, we kind of think as parents, man, I'm supposed to just do this and this, and one plus one is going to equal two. And if I do the right things, my, my kids are going to be okay, and they're going to believe like I want them to believe, and they're not going to struggle. And this is one of those weeks where I was reminded, I can't. And it doesn't fit neatly in my box. And maybe you have things like that that don't fit in your box and unfortunately, when we believe the lie that we're supposed to be bigger than our box or that we're supposed to understand everything, we fall into a few traps. And I think what the first thing that could happen to us when everything won't fit in our box is that we decide to leave things out of our box. We either avoid or we hide things. We're like, okay, you don't make sense here, so I'm just not going to try to put you in. Because if you're not there, then everything else kind of makes sense. I can kind of squeeze everything else in. And so we see this, for instance, in our own lives when we don't know how to deal with something and we kind of want to minimize it. We want to hide it from the world. We think people won't understand. We think that God won't accept us as we are. And so we just think, I just have to pretend this isn't happening, right? And God wants to remind us that it is not about our effort. It is not about what we do. God's, God's love for us is there and ready for us. And the other thing we do, I think, as, as believers sometimes especially, we think, okay, if somebody out there doesn't believe what I do or if something out there like suffering is too big for me to understand, I'm just going to leave it out of the box. I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm going to ignore it or avoid it. And yet God tells us that's not how we're supposed to live because God says that we're the light of the world. He says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And in fact, he says that we're like a candle and nobody takes a candle and lights it and then covers it up. Because it's made to shine into the darkness. And so Jesus says that when we are trying to retreat and hide in our four walls because we don't understand something, it's kind of like we're taking a bowl and putting it over the light. And God says, no, you were made to go out into the uncomfortable places. You were made to go into the darkness. And even in those places in ourselves where we, where we feel like we're broken or too messed up or whatever it is, Jesus says this. Jesus says that um, in Ephesians 5, he reminds us that everything that, is a, that comes into the light is illuminated. And I think it's painful to come into the light sometimes. We feel like it stings. We feel like it's going to show up the things in our life that we don't want anyone to see. But as that song reminded us, God sees our failure. He sees our brokenness. And when we step into his light, he actually wants to restore and redeem and use even those broken places to shine back out. He turns us into a light. We can't avoid things. We can't hide things. So what's another thing we try to do with our box? Well, if we, if we have to put it in, if it's going to have to be here, we think maybe I will just have to break something to fit it in. You know, if this isn't going to fit this way, we'll just, okay, there you go. Problem solved. We're good. I'm in the process of um, moving right now. We're staying in town. But, um, man, you, you know how sometimes you have, like, that one thing that's just a little too big for the box, and you're like, no, I can make this work. I can do this. And so you just push a little harder, and inevitably what happens, either you break it when you're putting it in or while someone's carrying it, it gets broken. Um, and I think this represents a couple things. First of all, it goes back to that idea of striving. I think so often in our faith, we get to this point where we feel like, man, I have to be good enough. I have to do the right things, and if I do the right things, everything will work out. And so it's another way where we strive and we, we push and we try so hard. And God reminds us 
He reminds us in Romans 9 that his gift to us does not depend on human desire or effort, but on his mercy. We don't need to force things. The other thing that is so painful that we do when we try to break things to fit them in is we, we can actually break people. We can break people and make them feel like they're too broken to be in God's presence, to be with us in the church. And a lot of times this happens because we're trying to make sense of why everything is happening or why something is not working. And so we start blaming. We start saying, well, it's your fault or it's my fault that you're not fitting in the box. It, it would work if you were doing the right thing. And we are often the most critical of ourselves, aren't we? And there's a part of us that says things like, man, if I were a better parent, my kid would be okay. Man, if I just had more faith, everything would be fine. I was actually reading a book this week about, um, about mental health in the church. And um, it w- there was a woman who in the foreword was just talking about her life growing up in a, a prominent Christian author's home. And how her, her mom had so much anxiety from from the being a wife in this in this ministry position, and nobody saw it. And then she talked about how her own daughter, in middle school, was cutting and was and was drinking to you know kind of cope with life. And she said she went to the church for help. And what she often got was kind of the Christian answers, right? The well, if you just prayed more, man, if you just had more faith, if you just and those things are good. Prayer and faith, those are those are good and those are powerful things. But sometimes we can leave people feeling like. You are the problem, and you just have to do the right thing, and then you'll fit in the box. And that is not the case either. Jesus experienced this with his disciples. You may remember there was a time where where they encountered a blind man, and his disciples asked Jesus in John 9, who sinned? Was it this man, or was it his parents who sinned that caused his blindness? And again, it's this idea that, okay, if he's blind, there's got to be a reason. We know we've just got to figure out whose fault it was, and then we can fit it in our box. And Jesus said, no, it's it's neither, no one's fault. It happened actually that my glory might be displayed. And the truth is that there are some things that we simply cannot rationalize. We simply cannot see the answers all the time. And it is not our job to try to fit people into a formula or a mold. So we can't leave things out of our box. We can't pretend they don't exist. But it's not our job to break them either and try to fit them in that way. And I think the third thing we try to do sometimes with our box is we think, well, okay, if I can't leave it out and I can't break it to fit it in, I'm going to have to get a bigger box, right? Um, how many of you saw the original Jaws movie? Anybody? Do you remember the famous quote where they, they finally see the great white shark and he starts slowly backing away and he's like, we're going we're gonna to need a bigger boat. That's right. Thank you. I wasn't sure how long I was going to have to stand there. Thanks for making that less awkward than it could have been. So sometimes we say, hey, this box, man, it's just not big enough. I need a bigger box. And I think what we do in this case is we think, I just have to learn more. I have to get the answers myself. I need to, you know, to study more, the more theology, more, more of God's word, and, or, or just ask God, okay, why is this happening? Just let me know why this is happening, and then I'll understand how your good purpose is working out for my, you know, for my good. And I want to be very clear, God does desire that we seek his word. His word is a light for our feet. And, you know, um, Solomon in the Old Testament, he prays for wisdom and God commends him for that. Um, God does desire that, that we seek him and know him, right? Um, but the truth is that all of our, our understanding of scripture and the word is ultimately meant to point us to knowing God himself. Jesus is the word, 
And eternal life is knowing him. It has to do with relationship. And when we're in that relationship with him, he is our guide. He is our comfort. The, the spirit is our advocate. Right, so that is, that is the goal of our understanding of God's word. But what can happen sometimes is we can start to kind of idolize our ability to understand God's word. And we can start to just think, man, if I can just figure out the, the down to the very last letter of the verse, what it means and, and how I'm supposed to live, then I can understand it. And then I don't have to worry about this box because I'll, I'll be big enough to handle it. And Jesus says, no, no. That's not enough. Because the truth is that no matter how big our box gets, there's always going to be something else that doesn't fit. We're always going to get to the end, the limits of our knowledge. And even Solomon in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes talks about this. He says, basically, wisdom is meaningless. He's like, I tried everything, but it's a chasing after the wind. He recognized that there is just a part of us that's never going to fully know and the truth is that that's actually a good thing because we were not designed to know everything. We were not designed to understand everything. And the reason that we follow God is not because we have all the answers, but because we desperately need someone who does. And the truth is that we do not need to be bigger than the wilderness in order to survive. We need to know that God is always bigger than our wilderness we need to know deep in our soul, even when everything around us is telling us opposite, that God is bigger than our circumstances. And I was praying over this message this week, and I, I said to God, like, I do not want to throw out empty answers to people. I do not want to make people feel like they can't be wrestling um, because we have a lot of struggles. We have a lot of things in those boxes that make us question and doubt and wrestle. But I also just felt like God was reminding me that we don't need to put our hope in the box at all. We don't need to put our hope in the answers at all. We need to put our hope in who he is. And so I just want to remind us this week, as we leave this, this series about the wilderness, that what we hold on to is that a God, the God that we serve, the God that we follow is greater than all this. Isaiah 55 reminds us this, 55.9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And Second Chronicles reminds us that not even the highest heavens can contain God. And I know we deal with struggles and with, with things that we don't understand, but Revelation 11.15 points to the future when the kingdom of the world will become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will reign. He is going to put an end to this suffering and sickness and tears and death. We know that in God we live and we move and have our being, that he loves us and nothing can separate us from that. That even when we are faithless and when we don't understand, God is faithful to us. We have that hope, that living hope, that anchor for our souls. And I want to leave us in this. I was talking to my friend Jess Sanderson uh, this week, uh, who works with Urban Alliance, and she's also a Christian counselor. And, and I would say this, I, I do believe that there are times in our lives when we need counseling, when we need um, medicine or things to help us work through the things that are, that are going on in our lives. So I would encourage you, uh, if that's something that you need, to, to please reach out. I have definitely done that. But I asked her, I said, today, just for the people that are here today, what can I leave them with? How can we move forward in this understanding of, of believing that God is good and big, but also being honest about our wrestles. 
And she was talking to me about the practice of lament and how lament is really this way that we, like, like the psalmist in, in Psalm 42, that we pour out what is going on in our lives. We pour out the hurt and the brokenness. But then we also affirm God's goodness. And I didn't have Linda read the very last verse of that chapter. But the last section of that Psalm 42 says, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And it's this reminder, he's not saying, I have no reason to be downcast. He's not saying, I have no reason to feel broken. But he's saying, even so, I'm going to hold on to God. It reminds me a little bit of this improv game that I learned uh, from my friend Brant, and it's called Yes And. And in the game, um, if someone suggests something, they might say something like, we're being attacked by purple penguins. And you have to go with it. You can't negate it. You can't shut it down. You have to say, okay, yes, and, and I happen to have pills that will protect us from the purple penguins, right? And it's a silly, it's a kind of a silly example, but I think that's a little bit of what we do with this, with this lament with God. We say, okay, God, I am struggling. I don't know what to do with my kids. I don't understand how to handle this, this, this chronic illness. I don't know what to do in this situation. And, and I'm holding on to this anchor that I have in my heart to this hope that I know I have in you. And so we're going to close out the service just with listening to a song that the worship team is going to play now. Um, and really, this song is a recreation of Psalm 42. Um, and as we, as we go through this song, I mean, maybe you just need to sit. Maybe this is a time for you just to pray and be really, really honest with God, and that's okay. But I would like you to think as we go through this song about what is in your box. What are the things in your box that you don't know how to fit that are overwhelming you right now. And I want you to think about those things, and then I want you to, to leave them with God as well and allow the, the words and the refrain of this song to give you hope and give you courage that, yes, we can put our hope in God because he's bigger than the wilderness. Lord, from sorrows deep I call When my hope is shaken Torn and ruined from the fall Hear my desperation For so long I've fled and prayed God, come to my rescue even so the thorn remains still my heart will praise you storms within my troubled soul questions without answers 
Should my life be torn from me? heads with me. God, we look to you as our help, as our strength. We sit in this moment just want to give people permission to just talk to God in your own way, with your own words. Whatever you're carrying, whatever that weight that you're carrying is, we give that to you. Lord Jesus. Jesus.